my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play what's up everybody welcome to season two of the big money energy podcast on iHeartRadio. we have a huge huge season coming up some of my favorite people ever for some reason actually agreed to be here and do this with me and our first guest today needs no introduction but obviously i'm going to introduce him to you anyway we talk about a lot of different things but it's dave portnoy Barstool Sports. You all know him, Stool Presidente. You might be a stoolie, you might be a fan yourself, but his story is so interesting. And we talk a lot about the building of Barstools, which is what I was the most interested in, the building of personal wealth, what you then do with the money, what the money means to you, and the freedom that then comes with, one, having influence, two, having power, and three, having the wherewithal to do whatever you want. And we talk about how he built the number one digital media company in the world by using fans, by using culture, and by using opinions, especially those of a guy like him personally, because he's the face of Barstool Sports. So thank you so much for being here. This is the premiere episode, season two. Let's go.
Thanks for being here, man. Um, so what, what I want to talk to you about the the most, right, is is not so much like public persona, although that's super interesting, especially in the last 18 months, but it's like the business of Barstool, right? And kind of the creation of the brand and creation of kind of the, I guess, like the movement that you started and you founded in Boston. Did you always know that you were going to be an entrepreneur and start your own company? Yeah, I always wanted to do that. Did I know it would be Barstool or anything that looks like it? No, but I knew I was going to do my own thing. Like I had a bunch of different ideas before I started Barstool. I thought Barstool would be the easiest to do without money, without funding. It didn't look anything like this. It was basically a newspaper. It started as like an offshore gambling thing. But and you that, just had them around Boston. You Correct. Yeah. You still like it, the news racks. You still see them in every city. You know, you open and you take yeah, a free yeah. newspaper. So I like gambling. I basically called. Uh, I wanted to get, do something I liked, enjoyed. I called all these offshore gambling companies and basically asked them what they would advertise in, whether it advertise online, anywhere. They actually at the time want to get off the Internet because um, so this is what, around 2003, 2004. If you went on a site, gambling site, there's like fireworks, bombs. It just looked right. like you're getting your credit card stolen, yeah. really. Um, so they want to get off the internet and onto a physical newspaper. So I sold a bunch of ads before it launched, um, but it was really four page, black and white, hardcore, like sports, fantasy, sports, gambling. That's where it launched from. But it was always a business side. Like I had other ideas. This is the one I landed on because I thought I could do it the easiest. Probably idiotic to like launch that thinking that would be the easiest. But for whatever reason, I thought it was the most realistic. What were the other ideas? Used furniture company, which, nice. so this was, again, it's kind of like internet 1.0 when I was yeah, doing yeah. this, but you know how like college kids graduate and they just throw their furniture on the side yeah, the of the street. Futons and yeah, the futons and all that so shit. So yeah. I was like, well, what if we just have a huge couple trucks, pick it all up for free, warehouse it, and, and sell then it. sell it online and it's, you know for cheap, but we're getting it for free. So that was one of them. Um, and there, I actually think there's some companies that do that now. Yeah. Uh, and then the other was kind of like- Especially now with like office furniture. Yeah, right. right. So, and then the other one, so I was like decent at sports, but like not D1, but like D3 good. And the thought was to connect, and again, you got to remember the time it was with the internet, to connect- coaches like d3 coaches with like d3 athletes so high school kids who are going to college who still want to play sports and most of the schools don't have recruiting budgets and things like that but the coaches still want good players so it was a way to connect those people it's pretty elaborate like i spent two grand at the time a ton of money for me like developing the software uh so it was called next step scouting um but those are the two, those are the three I decide between Barstool, Next Step Scouting, and the furniture company. And how many people started with you when you started Barstool? Me, just me. But then you started to bring in some friends. Right? Yeah, not even friends, really. Like I talked with my friends about starting it, and everyone was gung ho, gung ho. But when the rubber met the road, there was nowhere <laughs> to be found. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Um, so I started it. And then we put ads in the original newspapers, like we're looking for writers, we're looking for people to help. Uh, and we got like an original four people, but I didn't know them prior to the newspaper and they never got paid. Like we weren't <laughs> making money. They worked for free because they enjoyed writing. Um, it was bad timing for them because we, I don't want to say floundered, but we didn't have money for a long time. So there's nothing around. And they all at some point got adult lives. And like I moved this on. This is not worth it. And the timing kind of like, when they stopped is sort of when we started our ascent to them being able maybe to make money. Were you on the internet at the time too? Or then you made that switch? No. So it was a newspaper for 
I don't know, 2004 to 2007, 2008. And I used to wake up and hand the newspaper out like outside subway stations. And a guy who took it like routinely was moving from Boston to New York. And basically he's like, I love the newspaper. If I build you a website, will you put it on the web? I was like, yeah, if you want to do that for free, knock yourself out. And it, the original ones, I just take the PDF and upload it. The guy, uh, Ian White, ended up being like the CTO for Business Insider. So I got very lucky, like sharp guy, built me a very easy to use rudimentary. Crazy. Another guy who worked for free for quite a while. If I'm like, hey, can you change this or do that? He'd do it just to be nice. But that was the birth of the website. It's crazy. Yeah. Not planned. Random guy. Yeah. I mean, when I started, if... You, you told somebody I had a blog, they'd be like, what is that? It wasn't a term yet. When did you first start noticing that you had traction? Because you said you weren't making money for a little while. And I feel like every business kind of has that moment where it's not working yet. You're not making money yet, but you know there's like that that little bit of traction that like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this and not go do my furniture idea. Yeah. So I always thought it was on the ascent, but I've heard a lot of people say that. And most businesses I know fail. <laughs> I also don't know if it's a rational. It, it turned out I was right, but I've only done one business and it worked. So, you know, I always thought it was kind of going up. Um, and I deliver the papers myself. I go around Boston. Every time I went in bars every week, it was like, um, you know, more and more people would be like, hey, waiting for it. So it's just I had that gut feeling like, hey, this is more and more people are picking up on it. But it was probably when I really was like, oh, we got something here. We did a music tour in 2010 called Stula Palooza. Yeah. Um, we had never been outside of Metro Boston. And the thought was, let's go see what the world is like outside of Boston. So we picked six colleges, UMass, Quinnipiac, URI, like local schools. Um, and we hired this kid, Sam Adams, who actually went on to a pretty decent career. At the time, nobody knew who he was. Sure. And it was music-based because we wanted to get liquor sponsors. And it's like we had to figure out how to do that. I remember we were going to bars. That was the plan. I'd go to little bars, do little events. And the Mullen Center is the arena, arena at UMass. And I think maybe a day after we put tickets on sale for this little bar, the arena called and they're like, Hey, we're getting all these calls for this concert, Stula Palooza. Like, what is it? And it's like, it's just a little thing we're doing at like a bar, like a hundred people. Like, would you ever try to do it at the Mullen center? And I was like, well, we can't afford that. I don't think. And like, I don't know how many tickets they're like, we're just getting a lot of people asking about it. So we think we could do, they cut me a pretty good deal. Um, and we sold, it was just the floor. So it was 3000 people and sold out in like five minutes. And, and you thought you were going to sell a hundred. Yeah. And it happened everywhere at all six. And we showed up and we've been through a lot now, but <laughs> it was like the Beatles were there. Like the signs were in every dorm had like Viva La Stool. Like we get out of the bus, people like grab it. It was insane. It really was. And that was, that was probably the moment when I was like, okay, we have a very big, much bigger base than I ever realized at the time. So that was probably the first real eye opening. Like I'm not going to have to stop this. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. 
I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When did Barstool start making money? That tour was the first time we made, I would say, real money. Like, I, I paid Sam Adams 20 grand uh, for the six shows. And we probably made a couple hundred grand. Uh, and that because was like, he sold way more tickets than you anticipated. Correct, yeah. And then we we moved, we continued with it and started doing something called the Blackout Tour. We did a couple different concert things, actually. One was an abject failure. Uh, we did something called... So I saw that. I saw that first tour. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow. Like, we did 3,000 tickets with no talent. Imagine if I bring talent in and rent these arenas for Wallum. We can make a ton. Do you remember how much you were charging per, per ticket? Yeah, it was about 50 bucks. Got it. So, like, we did this uh, a concert tour called Back to Stool. It was Mike Posner, which was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cooler than me. It was big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wale. I had Mac Miller on it for fifteen hundred bucks. Wow! Uh, it so it was like a pretty loaded lineup. Crazy. Sold the same exact amount of tickets. Like we didn't go up one ticket. It was the same, and and we were tied in with these. Like I changed it. I was so confident. I rented these huge arenas, and I thought we were going to business because I owed them so much. The ticket sales. We we canceled seventy five percent of the tour, and I could basically got out of like a twenty five percent loss. So we were fine. I could handle that. But what I learned from that was people did not care about our talent. They were coming for Barstool. They were not coming for who we put on it. So we came back with a DJ tour called the Blackout Tour. Um, and that was just a DJ I'm still friends with. Played other people's music. Yeah. And we were charging 
$50 to come to that. And it exploded that that's so crazy. We went through a period where I was, we do three or four shows a night and I was clearing like net, maybe like a quarter of a million a night. It was wild. Like you couldn't get the tickets. It was all just in Metro Boston. No, we were everywhere. We were throughout the country. And throughout that entire time, you own Barstool 100%. Correct. Until 2015. Yes. So 2015, 2016 area, a guy, Mike Kearns, who ran Yahoo Sports, switched, went to Churnin. Um, And at this point, we were more successful, I think, than probably most people gave us credit for uh, with the merch business and sales. And like I was making you know, well into seven figures. So I wasn't like, oh, I'm looking for investment. I was happy. Um, and you weren't publicizing the success at that time, really. No, right? No, because in a weird way, there's always that dynamic of like, where's this, this gritty, like blue collar company. So off brand, maybe. I was a little bit. I, I got an Nantucket house that people are very well aware of. And I've been honest with like where I'm at in like life financially or success wise. When we had nothing, I told you, and now we started having it. Um, When'd you buy the Nantucket house? Is that... 13? Yeah, it was pre-churning. So yeah, yeah. like that was, 13, 14. to be honest, that's my favorite place in the world. Yeah. And if I ever was able or fortunate enough to get enough to like buy that house, I'd be like, I made it. So I was very happy. Mike Kearns reached out to me. That's the churning. He worked for churning yep. um, through a friend who actually passed away, the old quarterback for the Giants in Kentucky, uh, the hefty lefty, J- Jared Lorenzen, who we Crazy. had done some stuff with yeah. um, and was friends with. So he hit me up. He's like, do you mind if I pass uh, your name and number along to this guy? He's, um, he's a friend of a friend of an agent or something. I'm like, yeah, sure. So he reached out. He's like, I just want to talk to you. Like, would you guys ever take investment? I'm like, you know, maybe. And he's like, well, can I come talk to you? He was in San Francisco and he was in Boston the next day. So right off the bat, that's like a pretty serious sign of somebody's like, okay, I'll be there. And they're there. I'd had a lot of other people reach out. Yeah. Something was always off. It's like, yeah, they want yeah. me to pay to go see them or whatever. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. all right, how serious are you? And I wasn't looking for anything. Right. Cause you guys were making enough yeah, money. Right. I wasn't actively trying. I ne- I never thought we would. What was your like gross revenue around that time? It was probably like 15 million. Got it. And, and like we we're probably netting like four or five off of that, something like that. Now, so you didn't need the investment. You're correct. making enough money, but yeah, you're in a house. You were good to go. Yeah, right. And I'm running the business myself. So it's like, it, it, I was happy. Yeah. He comes in, he's basically was very open ended. He's like, if we gave you money, what would you do with it? Um, and what do you think your strengths and weaknesses are? Uh, and I basically said I, I would create what I consider the first reality 24-7 like blog, which is get – we're all in different cities. I'd get everyone in New York under one roof, put the cameras on, just go at it. And that was kind of the idea, basic. Um, and I'm like, we don't do the business side. Now, I, I think I could. I just – didn't really have time. It's like we have the content. That's all we did. But we didn't try to sell. Like to to sure. spend money with us, you had to like know somebody who knew somebody who could like <laughs> get in my ear because we didn't call back like leads. We just it's like whatever. You can do whatever you want. We weren't looking to do that. So it's like we so got, smart though. I mean, now businesses are trying to do that to copy what you did <laughs> right. almost by accident. Yeah, right? it's like it, it it was hard to do it. Like I remember the company that is now DraftKings. Like he, they had to call in like a favor basically to get me to take their call and spend money with us. Like, all right, I'll let you do it. But I really don't want to. Um, Again, I was doing well and I, I didn't want advertisers like calling me up my ass and like, this didn't work. Cause I, whatever, then don't do it. I don't care. Um, So he, he, 
And then the other thing I said with Kearns is we got to build out the business side. Like we don't do anything with that. Our technology sucks. I mean, we have such a loyal fan base. Like if our website broke, we'd just be like, fuck you. You'll be back when we fix it. <laughs> um, and they would. Um, so we had no technology, no sales, no nothing. And it's like we got to hire a CEO and we got to just build out the business side. And they liked the, I think they liked that I acknowledged that was an issue. Um and it was pretty quick from there, like a series of conversations, uh, valuation, which they took me to the cleaners on for sure. Uh, and <laughs> what was that first valuation? The, the first offer was seven million, and then they valued it at, I believe, like twelve and a half. Some of it going to the company, some of it going to me. Like I think five million—that's the first time I had real money—went to me. Three million to the business. They owned fifty-one percent of it. I think that was the structure of the deal. And you negotiated that by yourself? Yeah, by myself. You didn't bring in like your parents or attorneys or? Um, I told my dad. My dad doesn't know nothing about this shit. I mean, he's a smart guy, but not in this. But no, no attorneys, nothing. I mean, we obviously had an attorney look at it yeah, yeah, after yeah, it yeah. was done. Um, and we set up the guidelines. We're like, we want to be here at a certain amount of year, this, that. Um, but Kearns was right. He was a Barcelona fan forever. And he knew, which I believed, if we had some structure in business, it we we would put gasoline yeah. basically on like a fire. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Like we got an office in New York. We thought we'd be there five years. We're there for 10 minutes. Um, everything just exploded. So why did you take the money if you didn't need it? Why'd you take the investment? I mean, that's, you just started this thing. It was your baby. You had a hundred percent of it. You could yeah. do it on your concerts and website and everything forever. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I believe heavily in our content, our fan base, and I also thought a lot of people didn't know who we were. So it's like, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond sure. or like, you know, go for try to hit a home run? Yeah. Um, I was also at the point when churning came where it's like, OK, what what's my next move? Like, I, I can pretty much put this thing on autopilot. Sure. And be happy. But I really believe there was a, a much bigger goal out there also. It was a cash out moment, not cash out, but it was for the guys that worked for me for a long time. Like I was doing great. They were doing decent, but they weren't like life changing money. They now have life changing money. Um, so it, it was a way for everybody to get to the next step, reinvigorate everybody. But it really like I'm in a much different place. If I, I, I don't I couldn't have gotten here without investment. I don't think. So, and they were the right guys. Like I bust turning his balls a lot, but, um, they really let us do their thing. And through the years, there's been a lot of times where probably other investors or whatever, maybe would have gotten cold feet with us and they didn't, they've, they've been pretty true to their word. Do you think your ability to stick to having an opinion, no matter what the fuck anybody else thinks has been one of your like secret sauces? Yeah. Because people are attracted to the authenticity. Yes. That for definitely better, for worse. has helped. And that's yeah. not like a plan. That's just me. Like I'm a can like cantankerous type type guy. That's maybe like a Boston East Coast edge thing. But it's been like nothing has changed in that regard from day one. Obviously, we're more careful not to put like balls on tees and let people just, you know, have their way on things we know will create controversy because it does ripple. We'd still, even though I said we're not dependent on advertisers, you just don't want to piss them away for no reason. Um, and we know we have a target on our back. Like, I don't know how necessarily that has happened. Probably some of the decisions I've made, but I am somebody who has a target. Like, for people who probably, if they sat down and like talked to me, would be like, he's actually, I like him. Like, he's not, but you know, you read some of the shit out there and like, I sound like Hitler. Um, like, 
It's crazy. So uh, we got to be a little more careful. But yeah, overall, if I believe in something, I'll stand by it. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, and it's it's worked. It's it's created. It strengthens our fan base. Yes, uh, motivates them to support us. But then it also like the people don't only like you. There's nothing they hate more than being told like, "Well, I don't care what you think." It just like ramps them up too. So, Drives them completely insane. Yeah, right. It's like, what are we gonna do? How do we get this guy? At that time, then the business was you had the the website, right? Yep. The website. You're doing the social, so you're building out all the content. The people. Yep. Uh, you're doing the merch. You're still doing events. Yep. Right. When did everything else start? Like, like the podcast? They had and a stuff. podcast. So the, the, yeah, there was a guy. Because Barstool kind of then just almost kind of took over, almost to the point like I almost felt let down, you know, in the early 2000s by what college humor could have been. Yeah, right. You know? We've been very good. I think maybe the nicest thing that someone could say about us, and I've said it about us, so I don't know if it counts if you say it about yourself, but we've managed to remain cool and edgy for like, almost two decades yeah we were quick to shift we've been on social media tiktok you name it where we see something like we got to be there um and we span a bunch of different hours it's hard to do that whether you say college humor um there's a lot of examples there's so many companies like the chive are they i don't they may still be around i, I don't yeah, see because everybody else seems like they have like they have the one thing they figure it out and they never pivot and they never go anywhere else because they just think it's a fad. Yeah. And then we touch people in a lot of ways that they don't even know we're touching them. It's like, I always, there's a guy told me a funny story. He's like, my girlfriend hates Barstool, hates it. Like every <laughs> stereotype that people have negatively about it, like she believes, but she loves the pizza reviews and I don't yeah. have the heart to tell her it's the same person. <laughs> like we get a decent amount of that. But uh, yeah, it, it, the podcasting, we had a guy who did it back when we were still Milton. I didn't know what it was. And I told him he was an idiot. It was like, do it. If you want to do like your pod, little podcast bit, do it. I was, what is that going to do is before it's being monetized. Um, but what we do is we don't tell people what to do. So if we hire you, it's because I think you're funny, creative on the talent side and then do whatever you want. Like, just do if it works great if it doesn't great we'll support it and see how kind of the public reaction to it is so when we got the investment we were able to hire people more freely to do all this work yeah so like seen amount of work yeah so we have you know a podcast like uh part of my take which is the number one basically sports podcast in the probably world but definitely country um and we we had a guy big cat who's been with us forever he wanted to hire a guy pro football commenter pft he wasn't getting paid at, I think, Bleach Report. We're like, we'll pay you. They came in, instant magic. Um, you know, Caller Daddy is a story a lot of people know about yeah. where Alex just started this. We just saw, like, the the reel of it. And it's like, oh, this is weird. Um, and we had Alex come in, and I asked her, I'm like, who who made that sizzle reel for you? Because it was slick. I mean, it, was, it looked slick. And she's like, I did. I taught myself how to do it. And once she said that, it's like, all right we want to hire you because clearly you're taking it serious. So, you know, we've had a bunch that haven't worked, but we just bring people in and let them do whatever they want. Like we have this, we have a golf podcast foreplay and they yeah. run like tournaments throughout the country. They sell out very quickly. And, you know, this was a Harvard kid rigs with weird bad eyes. But I remember he's like, my dream is to work for you. It's like, all right, whatever. Uh, and he came, drove to, New York sat down. He's like, I don't want anything. He's like, I don't want money. I just like enough for me to get by and I'll prove what I'm doing. Um, and he has. And we just let people do whatever they want. And we have the advantage. It's catching up. But I often say we're kind of like the first digital 
media company yeah and where that's an advantage the people who work for us like are born from the internet so they they have gotten our attention by being funnier more interesting than other people like the beauty of the internet now i always tell people you don't need us like for like you can create your resume online we can look at it you can create your whatever tiktok podcast whereas a lot of older media people they expect to be told what to do what to yep. say and they don't have that kind of 24 7 mentality that you need on the internet so it's just given us an advantage we just move way faster i think that gap is shrinking now but that was a huge advantage early i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means follow the global story from the bbc wherever you listen to podcasts zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What have you tried doing that definitely hasn't worked? I don't know. Um, I mean, we did that music tour that did not work. That's sure. the, the one that failed. Uh trying to think you know we move so quick out of things there's definitely podcasts there's been people that have gone come or gone but that that the music tour is the big one i don't know we we weren't good at early contracts like again we touch people so many different ways but like have you ever heard the name jenna marbles yes so like i hired her like uh she really yeah like she worked in a tanning salon in boston we and i hired her she ran a female site called stula la so we had Barstool Sports, Stulala. She exploded all her early videos, and we didn't know how to monetize it. So it's like she got offered to move to LA. She showed me the contract. We're like, yeah, go do it. Um, and then we got kind of a falling out the day she le- not kind of we got in a falling out the day she left because she basically I thought kind of wrote some. But long story short, like that situation we didn't handle well. But like, is there's so many 
you know, a lot of people point to Pat McAfee, which maybe we didn't know how to manage talent totally properly out of that. But the web of Barstool, I was thinking, like, as I was walking over, is a lot greater, like, whether it be Jenna. Um, I mean, I, I think we've launched the two biggest female social media stars of the last Ever. 20 years yeah. with Alex and um, Jenna. And yet yeah. people will be like, they're sexist. Like, the results say something like totally different. We have a female CEO and those two examples, yep. you know, biz, uh, biz was on TNT's like hockey launch. They're back on the NHL's back on TNT. And like, he's sitting next to Wayne Gretzky on the main booth. Like that's spit and chicklets, like our podcast, um, pink Whitney, the drink. It's just where you just touch people in a lot of different ways that they're not totally aware. Some I walk down the street, people are like, that's the pizza man. That's all they know. Like we just launched the one bite frozen pizza in Walmart. Yeah. It's like, I think we sold 225,000 of them in like a week. It's like the number one frozen thing. So we just, we have a ravenous audience and it's all real and authentic. And the pizza reviews that you've always done. Do you remember when you did the first one? Yeah, it was a debate. Dan, big cat and I got in which is if you could eat one food the rest of your life what would it be i said pizza he said burritos he was going with like you can do a like breakfast burrito basically um and we did it for a month straight so that's all i ate that's all he ate and i was just doing it and people would be like well is it any good i'll be like i don't know i'll give you one bite here's a review like quick and that's how it started same thing it's like people are interested like something happened with it sure we're there's like I, a little spark yeah it's like why do people care so much about this um and then when we moved to new york I was just like, I'll try them all. Now, would I definitely, if it wasn't working, but I could tell, you can just tell when things are going. Yeah. It's like, okay, this pizza is resonating. It also is weirdly like a window into, I think, New York life, like, because I would walk out and do it and all these weirdos would just jump into the review. Um, and that kind of just took on a life of its own. <laughs> but a lot of people now, the pizza, like I said, they have no idea necessarily about Barstool, like none they'll just be like that's the guy who eats pizza yeah i don't know if that's insulting or compliment people just pizza man they'll like just yell it at <laughs> me as i'm walking by so it's ridiculous yeah. what's the best advice that you give out now when people ask you i just always say like don't talk about it just do it like i there's so many people just talk ideas and do and even in my own case like hey we want to do this that's all right do it like you don't need me to do it so i always tell people that it's like it's very easy to talk about something yeah um it's a lot harder to just do it but that's that's what I generally tell people. And I mean, I don't know. I always say we were in, I think a lot of companies are probably this way. We were the right time, right place, and the right people. Like you kind of need all those things probably together. Yeah. You know, and it's the one business that you've ever started and it's yeah. grown into hundreds of other businesses. Right. So what's next now? Right. You said you're super rich. You got all these houses everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I right? haven't been able you're to You're still enjoy super them. young. Yeah. I'm not that young. Um, gambling's a huge focus. And I've never really been in something like this where it's uh, it's like a gutter war. Like, I've never had as direct, like, peer-to-peer -peer competition as we do now. Like, it's very – I can name them. It's like, all right, we're competing versus DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, MGM, big boys, spending literally, like, billions of dollars on marketing – we don't spend any. We just go with the, like, it's Barstool versus them. Like, we, we you won't see our ads on the NFL. You won't see any of that. So it, it's scrappy underdog, but it, it's different, and that is, like, the focus for the next, you know, at least kind of three years. Dude, your story is super inspiring, and it's very, very cool because you've built something that never existed before. Yeah, 
Yeah, like you've, uh, you invented something with your eyeballs and then you just created it and just kept writing it, which I, you know, I think obviously everyone in this room, everyone in this company, everyone out on the street is now very, very clearly aware of, yeah. but it's just been super awesome to watch. And I just want to say congrats. I appreciate it. Forbes. I saw they had a line. They called me and I forget what was it one of the dawns of digital media. I was going to print it out and just wear it as like a T-shirt. I really like that. That was like the nicest that. thing that's ever been said about <laughs> one of the dawns of digital media. Maybe. What's been one of the coolest moments you've had uh, to craft going in the box because I'm a diehard Patriots and uh, like a, I'm a Jimmy Buffett guy. Like sure. I'm talking high school, put the shark fin on the Subaru, go to the Tweeter Center, watch it. And he invited me over his house for lunch. So that was pretty surreal. Um, it takes a lot. And actually. I don't know why, but I like I always I always watch the the real estate shows. What's the other guy? Frederick. Is that yeah. The, I saw him walking. I saw him walking. This is just funny. It's not one of the surreal, but I saw him walking and I, I don't. I Please watched. do not tell me this is one of the greatest moments. Of no, no, life. no. It was one of the most <laughs> surreal, though. I'm like, hey, can I get a picture? Because I watched the show. He's the only man. He won't stop. He's like, yeah, but you got to keep walking. He definitely had no idea who I was. <laughs> when, when was this? This is probably like a year and a half, two years ago. It was the old office. And he like made me go back, take it. I told everybody, I was like, I just saw this guy, Frederick. He big time the fuck out of me <laughs> like walking. But yeah, no, it's, it's the, uh, it just jiggered that. It was, um, it's, it's the Jimmy Buffett or the craft. I mean, there's always those surreal moments that have happened, but weirdly, like I, we, I went to, um, uh, Kenny Chesney concert, a serious one the other day. Yeah. And uh, who is, I'm sure you know the name. Oh, I got confused, but they, they're like, hey, Randy Gerber wants to come up and say hello to yeah. you. I'm like, I, I didn't, the name didn't jigger. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Brought up and Cindy Crawford was with them. I, yeah. mean, I almost fainted. Like just, <laughs> that's like an icon. So weird moments like that, where it's like, what what happened to my life? Where like they're coming up to say hello to me. Uh, are, I still appreciate that those are pretty pretty surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever turn what you're doing now maybe into, you know, into your own venture, like investing in other companies, other digital media companies, other entrepreneurs? Because you seem like you have a really, really great knack for talent. And now that Barstool is with Penn and right. I like when I look at you, I also see somebody that like what I just said, like you, you know, what's going to work and you just have that intuition in ways that other people don't. Yeah. So this is something that uh, a lot of people have said I'm full of shit on. But I have said once I'm done, which I think will be at the end of this pen deal, like I'll I'll make sure like I still don't leave pen high and dry and I'll be connected with it. But I could just poof, vanish and not work. Like everyone's like, no, you have that. No, I think I could. So I don't have I've made more than I ever dreamed. I I, I started Barstool not to be wealthy, to do something I enjoyed doing. If that meant sixty or seventy grand a year working for myself happy i honestly would have been happy um so i could sit on a couch watch horse racing bet on sports golf a little bit and be very very happy so that's what i say now everyone's like no chance like you'll see like you'll get the bug but i honestly don't think i would so i just want to kind of be done and go enjoy life yeah yeah i mean i haven't traveled i haven't done it's like i've been busy almost nonstop since i started it have you traveled the world a lot not no. really no like if Canada is like exotic for me, I haven't, I haven't traveled much. So you got to go Italy. try pizza yeah. and like I, Italy once. I went to Italy once. Oh wow. Yeah. For, uh, but the way I did it was not relaxing. It was like, uh, you know, pack your bags, land in a place, yeah. sleep that night, drive two more hours. It was like 
pack in as like much of it. Yeah, so it wasn't relaxing at all. Um, but no, I really haven't traveled. Got it. Yeah. So you could do that. Yeah, there's right? a lot I could do. There is a <laughs> lot I could do. Again, people say it's bullshit. It's like, you won't be able to do it. I think I will be able to do it. I've always said I'll just poof, cloud of smoke and see ya. Big Money Energy is hosted by me, Ryan Serhant. It's produced by Mike Coscarelli and Joe Laresca and executive produced by Lindsay Hoffman. Find more podcasts like Big Money Energy on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.